Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Paths Back to You. I want to share a few powerful ideas today about how to befriend our mind to support our desires to live the life that we want. How many of us rely so heavily on our minds to intellectualize things that we experience and feel instead of maybe processing our feelings at times? And how often do you find yourself almost arguing inside your own head because maybe there's intrusive or negative thinking that shows up or maybe it's some kind of spiraling thought that's creating a roadblock versus helping you move toward where you want to be or how you want to feel. I'll be honest, ever since I was a teenager, I have dug deep and searched far and wide for practices or teachings on handling this better, handling my own mind. And I found a lot of things that didn't work or didn't click at the time. And for some reason, these practices in the last couple of weeks just really clicked for me. And I truly hope that they will do the same for you. So we're going to dive into about two to three practices that you can start trying today to help you align your powerful, powerful mind to create and live the life that you really want. But first, before we dive into the actual practices, I think there's a few things that we have to really understand and absorb before understanding why this works. Again, I am a firm believer that our mind is an absolute powerhouse and our brain is the literal command center directing everything inside us to stay alive, basically, and function. And while I have this vast appreciation for all that our minds can do, a lot of times it's also truly my biggest roadblock and a troublemaker. Whether it's fear, shame, guilt, self-doubt, the list just goes on. And I do believe our mindset and our inner resolve is intimately connected intimately connected. So how we fine tune what we choose to spend our mental energy on, how supportive or destructive our own thoughts are, can create a huge difference in how we feel in our daily lives and also in the bigger picture. And trying to control our thoughts can lead to a lot of frustration or even just trying to silence our thoughts can be very, very difficult. Have you ever tried meditating? So here's two concepts I want us to think about, and it's going to tie into the practices that I'm sharing later in this episode. The first thing I want us to think about is the chicken or the egg conundrum. Does our reality inform our thoughts or beliefs, or do our thoughts and beliefs create our reality? I think it goes a bit both ways. There's power in action and lived experiences, which will then confirm, negate, or change an existing belief in us. And there's also power in shifting our thoughts and mind first in order to then experience a completely different reality. That's part one. The second part I want us to think about is this. If you find yourself having intrusive or spiraling thoughts that you just can't seem to turn off, or maybe it's a pattern of thoughts and feelings that keep popping up, here's a couple of reasons to why. The first reason is the bigger picture, meaning what our unconscious self or unconscious mind is doing behind the scenes. Those are the bigger themes or patterns that we've held and carried with us thus far. So whatever beliefs you have about yourself, doesn't matter where you got it from, how you absorb this into your own internal belief system, but whatever beliefs you have about yourself, the world that you live in, your relationships, 
there is a deeper core mapping that probably needs to be examined and maybe healed. The first part basically is the root cause of why sometimes our thoughts are not our friends. The second part is more of the day-to-day picture or the habitual reaction. If you're used to doing things a certain way, if the synapses in our brain is used to making certain connections, for example, this unpleasant experience makes me freak out and spiral, it will most likely seek that same outcome or reaction when a similarly unpleasant or maybe seemingly unsafe stimuli is presented to our nervous system again. And this can show up for everyone in quite a few different ways, what that trigger is. So the first part, the bigger picture, it's going to differ vastly for each individual. The reprogramming, the the necessity to reprogram those deeper core unconscious beliefs can really vary. For someone, it can be having sense of low self-worth, feeling like you're just never good enough. Um, Another person could be a belief unconscious, but a belief anyways that they're doomed to fail. So why start? For someone else, it could be a belief that happiness only leads to grief or loss and that they're never going to find love or belonging. Essentially, we all have our own flavor of beliefs that doesn't benefit our well-being. All of us have different flavors of these, and a lot of times they are unconscious. So even though you would never consciously think these things or speak them out loud, maybe you're not even realizing what those things can be for you, it can derail us from the thing that we actually think we want. But because of these unconscious beliefs or programming, we find ourselves sometimes getting further and further away. It's basically like that quote by Carl Jung that says, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will rule your life and you will call it fate. So because the fact that whatever our own unconscious pattern or belief is going to vary for today, I want to focus on the techniques, which is going to be more related to the habitual side of managing our spiraling or intrusive thoughts. It's basically like the chicken or the egg conundrum. I believe focusing on the habits can have an effect on the bigger picture or the core picture, because think of our systems as a feedback loop. Changing a belief about yourself first can lead to different actions And sometimes building the habit first over time can lead to changing the belief you had because you're able to have different or new experiences that can reaffirm this new belief. So I found these practices in my notes recently, and unfortunately, I did not write down where the source was from, so I do want to apologize for that. I'm going to share two different tips for depending on the level or the type of intrusive thoughts or spiraling thoughts you're having. One of them is for things that are a bit more minor, if it's just a part of you that's frightened or upset or needing your attention, or if it's maybe a a nastier voice that's creating a bigger discordance in you or causing your nervous system to flood in the moment. If it is the former, I want you to imagine, more often than not, those unhelpful thoughts that do come up, they belong to parts of us. And those parts of us are not showing up out of malice or ill intent. Many times these parts are wounded parts of us that have over time kind of turned into these sassy or aggressive protectors. They're they're armored and their truly intention is to show up and protect us. And they do typically show up when our nervous systems are dysregulated. 
It's the us that's reacting out of fear, shame, doubt, and all it's trying to do is keep us safe. Even though sometimes it does just the opposite, it might create more chaos or take us further. Feeling frustrated though with those parts of us is only going to just cause and create more tension within yourself. For example, when I get into a conflict with someone that's close to me that I care very much for, and even though I am never having this as a conscious thought. Okay, there's it. This happens very quickly, but because I'm someone who's typically more anxious, anxiously attached. Whenever there's a conflict, there is a part inside of me who genuinely feels so afraid of disconnection. It truly feels like I revert to a younger version of me. So we can call her my inner child, who did experience some form of abandonment or fear of being left behind, fear of, you know, any type of disconnection. That part of me will oftentimes fight. In somebody else, it could be flight or freeze. But when I'm in that heightened emotional state, I'm definitely not being my present or my adult self. When I'm that panicked, kind of drowning in this conflict, feeling completely unsafe, and even though more than anything, I want to repair this connection and I want to feel safe again, my system is just flooded, and I'm probably reacting in a way that creates even more. A disconnection, and the reason is that maybe the little kid in us only got our parents to calm down by screaming or crying or just shutting down. It's clearly not a mature way of dealing with any conflict. But when we're in that flooded state, the prefrontal cortex is basically no longer in charge. So we resort to truly behaviors that could resemble a younger child. So I want to pause really quick and ask yourself this question: Would you have sympathy for the younger version of yourself, like a child version of you, or would you have sympathy for your own child, or maybe it's the child of someone that you love? If you don't have your own, would you give them grace and sympathy? If you answered yes to any of these, here's the following practice. When I catch myself in a spiraling thought that is taking me to absolutely no place good, I envision this extraction of these thoughts that I'm having and literally placing them into a younger version of myself that is outside of me. Like a, imagine a mini me next to you. When I do this, I'm able to actually hear those thoughts without attaching any more emotions or feelings to these thoughts. In that moment, I am now able to step in as the adult, as the caretaker, who want to hear the scared, maybe embarrassed, or maybe freaked out child. So what I do is I will literally imagine that I'm walking alongside her, this mini me. Maybe I'm holding her hand. Maybe I'm looking at her, paying attention, and just listening to her. You know, if you're driving, you can maybe imagine the mini you is sitting in your passenger seat. Maybe you guys are hanging out on a park bench. Whatever works and feels best for you. And when I separate the thoughts that are happening in the moment, and I'm able to just witness it without attaching any more feelings, and just witness it in this neutral but compassionate state, they're still my thoughts, right? But I can clearly sense they're coming from a younger, perhaps wounded version of me. And instead of just trying to repress the thoughts or feelings, or invalidating the feelings, or just trying to shove them away. 
I can now hear them as the more grounded and centered adult version of me. So what I do is I gave her, I gave her, or I gave these thoughts, my attention, I hear them out. And then I reassure her that it's okay. It's okay that she's thinking or feeling this way, but that I'm here now. I'm here for us and I can handle this. We can handle life. I am able to be the anchor and protector without the panic or fear. So I've done this a few times recently and I was honestly shocked at how effective it was. And I don't know if it it took time for this process to truly work this time around. I don't know if I've even attempted to do this before, but what I noticed is almost immediately the emotions that came along with those thoughts kind of just dissipate because I'm able to create some space and distance. I can now embody this quote unquote higher self and I'm able to step into the role of the adult and give myself the reassurance that I was seeking. And this may take a few tries, you know, as you might know or remember, when you're talking to a freaked out child, it can take a second for their nervous system to regulate itself again, so be patient. And you're not pandering to unhelpful thoughts or negative thoughts, you're simply just listening and validating whatever is coming up, but from this neutral, unattached, or detached position. By literally imagining or visualizing these thoughts in another version of you, a mini you, outside of your adult self. I truly feel like this practice can be incredibly empowering. Why? Because if you are someone who's more prone to be anxiously attached, maybe one of the skills you lack is self-soothing. So perhaps you always seek out external validation or for somebody else to tell you everything's going to be okay. It could be a friend, it could be a partner, it could be whomever. And it literally can feel like you're a child who's looking for nurture and reassurance from a parental figure. But when you practice this, I believe, and over time you do this, you can slowly begin to embody that parental, that caretaker role that you're looking for previously from somebody else. And it is also incredibly empowering to witness yourself being this anchor and grounded and experience what it's like to receive that version and that support from yourself to yourself. So try this next time you find yourself having unproductive or spiraling or just negative thoughts, and I'd love to hear how it goes for you. Now let's talk about the second type of thought that's maybe a little bit more overwhelming. Maybe you just need some relief in the moment because you're just spiraling out of control and the thoughts are kind of overtaking you. We first begin again by acknowledging the thoughts. One of the surest ways to come back to a more grounded, calm version of you is to create some distance or space between this, you know, higher, I don't know, you want to call it higher self, or you can call it the self with the the capital S, this essentially this adult grounded version of you. The surest way to come back to that version of you is to create space, create space between that you and the thoughts that you're having. It's like, you know, when people say you're not your thoughts (laughs) in that analogy of, you know, you're the sky ever present, the higher you is just the sky and the thoughts are the clouds that come and go. So you can utilize the first practice too, right? You can envision that you're extracting these thoughts out of you and placing it in a younger version of you or a mini you. And you can tell your thoughts, I see you and I hear you. 
but I'm trying my best right now to focus on getting through this moment or maybe today. Can I please set an appointment with you later when I do have more bandwidth to calmly hear you out? But for now, I would like to choose something that is more productive and loving. And in this practice, again, you're not repressing your emotions or your thoughts. You're acknowledging that they exist and then just kindly asking them to return later at a better time so you can be more present and work through them in a better state of mind and maybe a less heightened emotional state. And sometimes maybe the thought or the feeling was just temporary and you don't need to meet with them. Maybe they're going to cancel the appointment. Or if it does reoccur, you know that it's still nagging at you later, when you're in a much better state of mind, you can then check in yourself, uh, check in with yourself at that time. Another practice, um, this is a quick and simple one. If you're finding yourself being overtaken by spiraling or intrusive thoughts, again, kindly acknowledge them. And then imagine the thoughts as a person getting on a train and leaving the station. You can also imagine them being washed away by the tides of the ocean, being burned to ash by fire, blown away by the wind, whatever fun visualizing way it is for you to allow them to just leave for this moment if it's feeling too overwhelming. Sometimes it's just a one-off and the thought just needs to give you some space. But if it is a pattern that keeps repeating, then I would say when the time is right, definitely do return to it because it will resurface again if you keep ignoring the thought and work through it later though when you're feeling much better, much more emotionally stable. These practices are so important because what happens inside of us and the things that we choose to do our action, our behavior, the thoughts we choose, how we feel, how we respond or react, those are literally the only things in life that we have the power to choose. We can be wasting a lot of time trying to change anybody else or any external factor, but it's never a waste of time to befriend your own inner psyche. To start or to continue building this supportive, loving relationship with all parts of us, Our minds shouldn't be our enemy, and it can be our strongest ally, a supportive guiding system, and help us as we journey through, you know, inevitable life challenges and change. But just like any other relationship, I think that it does take time. It takes intention, the desire, the awareness. It takes effort, patience, having a lot of compassion, and a lot of curiosity to want to get to know all these parts of us. And some parts might be hidden. Some parts might be ashamed and afraid to reveal themselves. Some parts might want to kick and scream. (laughs) But whatever unconscious operating system that exists in us will will unconsciously dictate the choices that we make in our day-to-day reality. I've not always had a great relationship with myself. There's been so many moments, especially when I was younger, Moments and years that I resorted to self-destructive habits and behaviors and while at the same time seeking, consciously seeking love and belonging, I've abandoned myself the most and I've wondered why I felt abandoned by other people. So this relationship we're building with ourselves can be an exciting new beginning if it's not familiar. We get to meet a new best friend and fortify this relationship with someone who's always going to be there for you. I mean, we're stuck with ourselves no matter what. (laughs) 
And this relationship and this friend can support us, can guide us, can listen, and can help us choose the best things for us. Thank you so much for listening. And if you did enjoy today's episode, a simple review, a thumbs up, sharing it with a friend is incredibly helpful and much much appreciated as always there's um, other ways that we can connect and it can be found in the show notes wherever you're listening i also just started creating content on tiktok it's funny because i had such a disdain for the platform and i never ever thought i would be creating things on there but i'm actually having a lot of fun and you know trying to do shorter length content and figure out you know more fun ways to create videos and share things that i've learned Um, has been actually more fun than I thought it would be. So you can probably just look up Dia Jin and find me on there if you want. But um, until next time.